Every day, you make decisions that affect you and the people you care about. So do your elected officials. That's why elections are so important, because you are picking the leaders who will make choices that directly impact you and your community. Vote411.org is your tool for accurate and unbiased election information, whether you're registering to vote or learning more about your local candidates. Your vote is your megaphone. Use it to pick the leaders you trust. Get online, get the facts, and make your voice heard on Election Day. Moving forward. And we're back for the weekly world. So, guys, election on the horizon. There's a lot that could change in our world in a matter of days, weeks, and months ahead. So, if you want change in this world, or you like it the way it is, or depending on the way that your paradigm affects you and you'd like to have an effect on change for your cause or others, go out and vote. I can tell you right now, not enough people show up to vote around this country. As a national average, it's looking pretty good. But when you also take into account how many portions of the ballot are left unattended because people don't want to vote in something that they may not be completely informed in, so they don't take that extra five minutes, because that's really all it takes. They send you a little booklet right next to your ballot, and it explains it. In the most simplest terms, like especially since like for all of you out there that don't want to hear ads telling you how to vote because you know that those ads are paid for by special interests and and, and lobbyists and and CPACs and all that. Bro, read the packet that the state sends you because that that has to tell you the truthy truth. All right. What yes means, what no means. The only time you ever got to get worried is when like a yes means a no and a no means a yes. And I hate those. Trust me. I hate those too. But we got a lot of easy yeses and nos this year, um, unless you're in some wacky races on a continent. But that aside, Maui, we only like 30% showed up at the polls. And then I know those are primaries, and primaries don't always reflect what the actual is going to be. But you know what? It's not a good sign. So I'd like some good signs, and I'd like to know. But we're going to be watching. Uh, we're going to be paying attention to all the big races, and we'll uh, bring those up on the weekly next week. Uh, and then uh, we'll discuss uh, state and county results uh, the following Sunday. But until then, you know, what are we fighting for? You know, I think across the board, everybody agrees this time around we're fighting for our environment. It's it's sad that, like, human rights, civil rights, and simple business ethics are still on the chopping block like it's 1989. But for some reason, we finally all agree enough on the environment, but not to say climate, which is really weird because there's still a lot of rejection from the right on the term climate change. I think it's just more the fact that uh, we as the GOP don't like accepting responsibility. So, <laughs> you know, uh, save for us Liz Cheney types. Um, so with that being said, uh, you know, we we – we we're sad about the Mississippi River being low, you know, and I don't know if you know, but like emperor penguins are now on the endangered species protections list. Like, 
So we have we we've now like it's it's seriously it's like the eighties all over again. Like I'm waiting to like see an article about like acid rain and God only knows there's probably already acid rain still somewhere. And because I live in a closed little western uh colonized bubble, I haven't seen it yet because our news feeds are contaminated by bots and mindless propaganda for consumers products. Um, which by the way, has anybody noticed that like all your favorites like pop culture feeds are starting to get hyperbolized too because they realize that's where the clicks come in. And so now they're just taking advantage of that stress nerve. Like I really think that like it's about to come on the season where everybody just like takes their like yearly Facebook or Meta Break or whatever and tries to go back to reality for a little while and just focus on the friend friends and not the monkey sphere of the internet you know so um and speaking of breaks the pope the pope knows that everybody should be taking a porn break especially especially the nuns and priests because i guess it turns out that like the vatican knows i mean what else do you think was going to happen if you let a bunch of repressed fools finally get an iphone 12 max okay they'd be maxing out that internet getting their hubba <laughs> so it turns out that you know uh nuns and priests uh succumb to uh carnal sins of the flesh just as much as uh, your average uh internet uh citizen does and uh, the pope's like you know what just watch less i mean we're all catholics here we we recognize that you got a spank bank or something but um you know i i i kind of i kind of hope that like you know it, it, to some weird degree, it's it's actually led to like healthier, um, you know, thoughts amongst those people that are kind of because it's like, what do you do? Like, I mean, celibacy in a modern age, like that, like, and and not all of them do the vows thing anymore. So you've got like a bunch of guys who are like, you know, a bunch of nuns and and dudes and like priests, like all walks of life different ages i mean this could just as much be 65 year old nun who's on the hub just as much as it could be like a 28 year old kid just out of the program and like in charge of a church so like but i i think this should also like i mean that this to a degree kind of tells me because like i'm sure like any of them millennial or zennial uh you know people within uh, within the church or the diocese or whatever you call that, um, they're probably smart enough to cover their tracks, VPNs, the whole nine yards. They're smart enough, young enough. Um, it's really, to me, to me, my my boomer senses are tingling, kids. And I, re- I really think it's just a matter of like, you know, you know your parents. They don't think about their tracks on the internet. They think all they got to go do is go into that weird little folder they had on Internet Explorer back on Windows 95, and it just makes everything go away. But then they don't realize they have to deny all them cookies. Deny, deny. But anyways, <laughs> that's and I still kept it slightly religious there. Uh, well played. Do I get a cookie? I don't know. But, uh, yeah, so I guess the, the, the conversation for the holidays tuned down. The hub use, maybe like focus on focus on on better things, uh, or just get you know angry or excited about weird things in the world, like I do. Uh, <laughs> um, so, on a positive worldwide note, we're gonna start talking some tech. 
from time to time. I also like because we've put so much into like paying attention to elections this year. Um, I really want to be able to focus at, on those same things, but from the opposite side of the spectrum, because I recognize that most of you out there don't really correlate like how dependent our entire system is like capitalism and democracy kind of go hand in hand right now because of the way that the dollars roll. So we're either going to pay attention to an election when it's there, or we're going to pay attention to the economy and pop culture and the nerve of society in a lens that prepares you when we get back around to election season or we need to get to protest season. You're ready to activate and you're positive about it. So, um, Christmas is coming a little early. We're going we gonna to talk a little lightly. Actually, speaking of Christmas things, I mean, it's not going to be out yet. But Apple is switching to USB-C, or at least it's going to have to, per European Union laws. And that's enough of a buying market that will cause them to switch over entirely, which I don't see as much of a problem since I like one side of their, like, doohickey system is always USB-C now anyways. So, like... Is it really going to upset Apple? To, oh, one less machine to turn on to make this thing happen. Because, like, now it's just USB-C to USB-C, I guess. You know? I mean, someone smarter than me, correct me if I'm wrong in the comments. Thank you. Uh, but with that, the iPhone 15 Pro. Um, so besides the USB-C, we're looking at more RAM. So, like, faster startup, faster, you know, accessing. Probably going to actually be able to do two apps at once, no problem. Um, and then the big draw for those that, you know, for the living the lifestyle, your phone is also your, you know, studio, um, telephoto lens maybe. Um, some of the bigger guys that make the great predictions that uh, tend to be right from time to time are, you know, keep going back to that idea that we're going to be seeing a telephoto lens on the next iPhone, which would be great. Um, I think that would really change a lot of things because, I mean, you can already. It's It's been capable since the iPhone 7. I mean, dude, you could have done it even earlier, but frankly, like, the iPhone 7 was probably the peak point for, for you could make a movie just with this phone. And so, I mean, as we go forward now, it's really, it's like, how can you be more cinematic with this phone? And I think, especially since if y'all are smart enough to just keep all your phones after the iPhone. I mean, really, I'd say after the 12, just hold on to your iPhones because they're going to be worth more in your hands than they will on the return, especially if you just, like, reduce them into just being cameras. So listen to your boy on this one. Like, if you want to be able to have the best three-cam setup in, like, two or three years' time, hold on to your 12s and your 13s, and then you just scale everything to crop towards those as the lowest resolution, and it'll be golden. You could have your own friggin' live studio audience show with that kind of stuff. All right, so now that we've had a little fun and we've, uh, you know, attempted to get lost in, you know, Christmas dreams and, uh, you know, moonbeam thoughts, kids, but you know what? We still got to talk about the economy. Um Gas, gas is uh, starting to see a rollback everywhere, which is good. But, I mean, par for the course was going to happen since how, you know, they opened them oil reserves. So uh, Uncle Joe opens the oil reserves 
and in turn, you know, supply chains and, you know, all that stuff occurs. So great. We get to see this magical drop in price, a Christmas miracle. All right. So Uncle Joe gives us a Christmas miracle that is probably going to last for about. We could probably make it to like next spring. It all depends upon how our international relations go, you know, once the war machine has settled back into positions in Europe. And and I really like I don't want to make hardcore predictions on that because I'm not following enough foreign policy right now. But, uh, you know, as I've been focused more at home, but um, with the the outlook, methinks um, that the Democrat war machine will look for a reason to bully themselves in. We'll see a a, a real head in spring because that's the thing is like Democrats. Well, just any any sitting president, really. So I'm not even going to call this one on Democrats because like sitting presidents are really good about lining up policy because they realize how long it takes to move a chess piece on the global stage. So it's like, well, I mean, I could just push this talk back with Putin like six more months and it buys me a reelection. And all of them do it. All of them do it. The only time they're going to like give you a full delivery on something is like it's, it's just like a TV show. Okay, so you got the first season cliffhanger. They can't solve anything because you got to come back next season to find out why. Right. And then they solve it all on episode one. And then you're bored for two episodes. And then you're just hoping it picks up. And then at the last minute, they're like, here's a little morsel. But we didn't fix everything. Vote for the next guy behind me. Peace. And that's that's what it do. So gas market there. Mortgage market. Interest rates up. And then, you know. Fed rates up, everything up, not the time to buy. And what did I say about selling your house and looking for another one? Wasn't that a safe bet for anybody who listened? So now, with the holidays on the horizon, will the economy pick up? Or will it just go into diabetic shock after a forced sugar high? Don't overextend yourself this fall. So remember, when we get out of these elections, there could be a tide of change. And if you want to be prepared for the worst... Expect to slip right before next summer, and then summer will give us the pep we need to maintain. But with the presidential election just two years away, much of what stirs between D.C. and Wall Street may cause a bigger burst within four to six years. This is your last window for opportunity if you can flex. Make your big break now. Invest in yourself in a leap because if you don't move in the next two years, you won't have an opportunity to pull yourself out of the gutter for another 10 to 20. This bubble could pop and shatter what's left of the thin frame known as the middle class, and it will crinkle like cardboard and finally give as the Wall Street barons sink through and rest a new foundation on top of what's left of us. When that crash comes, the middle class will have to start over. There will only be poverty and wealth with only foolish people pretending they are the in-between and it'll be socially obvious that they are the lesser, like social media influencers and MLM business owners, (laughs) the leftovers of the 90s. Um, So with that, try to stay positive, folks. You know, have the best Christmas you can. Start making your, you know, like if you're going to pick up that extra job, pick it up now. If you're going to make a change in your life, best to do it within the next year. 
if you're going to bank on you, like, you know, if I was to use elections and a stock market as, like, real-life astrology, you know, like, why divinate from the unknown and match stars when you could actually, like, see how the data correlates directly with you? So, hopefully, I provided a little view into that ripple today. And we're going to start going down more of those rabbit holes a little more often now that we're out of the weeds of the election season. It's how do we survive in a land of policy? How do we survive in a landscape with little to no opportunity? Where where does our chance come in? So hopefully we'll have some amazing guests to talk about this after the election because everybody just stay busy with getting through that. But we're going to have the folks that you voted for. Folks that lost your vote, folks that were on the sidelines, folks that were working the campaigns, okay? And these people are going to become our eyes and ears on the street. They're going to fill us in where we can't make it. And then we're going to, as a group, New Year's resolution, okay? We're going to do this, listeners. You, me, and whoever comes along for the crazy ride. It's always how can we engage with the world around us. Change does not come without you. You are a part of that. So thank you for coming on the ride today. Mahalo, mahalo. I will catch you on the next time. And be sure to listen to these last few candidates I'm getting in time with. And be on your best self while you're out in the world. Aloha.